1: Hello and welcome to Music in My Life with me, Laura Wright. It's the show where we talk about the music we love so much, our relationship with that music and the role it's played in our life. What is it about music that taps into our emotions and why does it make us feel a certain way? I've curated this week's podcast to reflect the story, the history and the celebration of Pride Month. What music has played a role in spreading the message of what this month is about? What's the history behind some of the artists who support this cause and experience the historical wrongdoings and those who now play a vital role in fighting for the equality that still is needed today? Okay, so let's establish how Pride Month came to be, where it started. I won't have the time to include everything in today's episode and please forgive me if there are some historical inaccuracies, but I really wanted to go back to what I think a lot of us will see as the beginning to explain a bit more about the story of the Stonewall riots, how that happened, why it happened and what became Pride Month as we know it today. So a lot of the information that I've got for today's uh, podcast has come from sources uh, such as National Today, History.com and BBC amongst others. Now, before the Stonewall riots, way back in 1946 was when we sort of recognised that there was the first LGBT organisation. It was under a ruse, it was under a different name, and it was part of the Netherlands Centre for Culture. But it was this taboo subject back then. And of course, as we know, way, way before that, too. I'm not going to go back any further than the Stonewall riots. But if you do want to read up on that history, it is um, terrifying and very upsetting, in fact. Uh, So it's quite... Yeah, quite terrifying, but also uh, good to know that how we've how far we've come. But as I say, we have a lot still to do. Let's talk about the Stonewall riots. So in 1969, police raided the Stonewall Inn, which was a gay club in Greenwich Village, and this resulted in riots of about 200 customers that were lesbians, gay men, transgender people, runaways, uh, teenagers who were you know had run away from home, had nowhere to stay drag queens, and they were all thrown out onto Christopher Street. This crowd turned on the officers who threw them out, and these officers then retreated inside the building for their safety. The irony of it all, that they were then taking solace in the Stonewall Inn. So this situation arose where those who were sadly used to running from the police were now the ones in control of the situation and those in uniform became completely powerless. So why did this happen? Why was there this response and this anger? These are just a few of the things that I'm going to tell you that were happening at that time, which caused this anger and resulted in this uprising. And also why it was I think for the people there felt like it was the only option how they could gain some sort of attention and gain some sort of control of what was happening in the world at that point. So consensual sexual relationships between men or between women were illegal in every US state except Illinois, which is just shocking. Gay people couldn't work for the federal government, they couldn't work for the military, and coming out would basically deny you a license in a lot of professions, including law and medicine. Can you believe that? So the laws in New York State were actually really, really bad in comparison to other places, because a lot of people, a growing number, in fact, of gay men and women were moving to New York City from across the US. And actually, so some of the arrests that were happening there were just so much worse than in other states, these people would be arrested for crimes against nature. Solicitation, lewd behavior, um, something like fewer than three pieces of clothing was deemed appropriate for your gender, and that could end up for that could end up with you being arrested. I mean, it's quite breathtaking to think about that right now, uh, when we live in a fairly open and accepting society, I believe. Although there is a lot more to be done, but it's still shocking to know that that was only back in 1969. Not really that long ago at all. So. Back to the riots, for the next six days, there were clashes, there were protests, all part of these riots. Among the many leaders of these riots was a black trans bisexual woman, Marsha P Johnson. She was known to have led this movement. She was one of the leaders there at that time. And their message was clear that these protesters demanded the establishment of places where LGBTQ people could go and be open about their sexual orientation without fear of arrest. It's a pretty normal thing to ask um, so Pride Month is largely credited with being as being started by these riots, but also by bisexual activist Brenda Howard. She's known um, by many as the mother of Pride, and she organised Gay Pride Week and the Christopher Street Liberation Day Parade a year after these Stonewall riots happened which eventually morphed into what we know today as the New York City Pride March, which of course was a catalyst for the formation of of hundreds of other parades around the world and marches everywhere from the UK to the US and, and everywhere in between, which is actually quite incredible to know that that one moment in time created this ripple effect across the world. And Quite, quite incredible as a story. So I just wanted to set the premise for today's episode to explain a bit more. And for me, as someone who has uh, who knew about these riots but perhaps hadn't read into the history of it all, I would genuinely say it's so um, shocking, but also such a good way to educate yourself to understand more about the reasons for why people are fighting for this equality and and what Pride Month means. So we just wanted to create a special episode for you guys about it today. Uh, The first official Pride Parade was on June the 28th in 1970. And believe it or not as well, another shocking statistic, if we think that was in 1970, it's taken us until 2015, so only six years ago, to have same-sex marriage rights legalised in all 50 states across the US by the US Supreme Court. I mean, it's just it's crazy <laughs> okay so let's talk about music where does music fit in so what was going on in the music scene in the year of 1969 the year of the stonewall riots so i wanted to play you just straight off the bat a few of the number one singles that were coming out during that year so let's have a listen so this is marvin gay heard it through the grapevine Love it. Next up was the Rolling Stones. This is Honky Tonk Women. Okay, next up we have The Beatles, Come Together and Something. And then we've got the Archie's with Sugar Sugar. Oh, honey. Oh, sugar, sugar. You are my candy girl. And you got me wanting you.
0: When I kissed you girl.
1: Okay, and then we did have a number one, which was a classical piece of music, and that was the love theme of Romeo and Juliet, which is written by Henry Mancini. Okay, so there you have it. That's sort of five pieces of music that were all number ones during that year of 1969. And I think you can hear, actually, it was a really positive time in music. And, and it was also a time where music was perhaps if you listen to those tracks, again, in your own time, a way of expressing things that you maybe couldn't express in other ways. So it was quite an optimistic time in the music scene It's a time of great freedom. Um, great expression musically. So that's why it's interesting, I think, to set the scene there as to what's happening in the music industry and why perhaps some of the artists that we're going to talk about felt that this was a platform for them to be able to say what they needed to say politically and socially, what was relevant as well and what was needed. And in fact, that's exactly what the first artist I'm going to talk about did. Um, we have actually talked about him. Or I have talked about him before on another episode. So if you want to go into a little bit more depth, we'll try and link that episode um, with this one so you can have a listen. Um, this is Sylvester. And uh, with all due respect, to Prince, uh, Sylvester just had one of the most incredible falsetto voices that I've ever heard. And I think also because you read more about his story and and his journey in life that seemed troubled. But yet he was someone of of great optimism. I think you hear that in his music. He was known, you know, the queen of disco was one of his names that people would call him. And, And he was just, he was known for being this, well, I suppose also it's probably incorrect for me to say he at this point in time. But he was openly gay as a singer and he approached gender as sort of a fluid, non-binary concept. Um, He had gospel roots in music, so there was a freedom to the way that he expressed himself um, vocally. And yeah, there's just this kind of classic disco sound that you can hear in those other songs that I've played just now. He brought it into that sort of, um, that disco kind of age, which I just, I love. And it is tragic, you know, he died um, from complications of having AIDS at the age of 41 in 1988. And this is his most remembered track. This is what he's known for. So we're gonna have a listen to some of You Make Me Feel Mighty Real. And that was released in nineteen seventy-eight. Okay so it's so to me it's so obvious as well with all of this music that we're you know that you're going to hear today it's so uplifting it's so optimistic and I think it's just case in point of the fact that there's some, sometimes so much trouble going on in someone's life personally that music becomes a way for them to show how they're feeling in an honest and open way but also in a way that can be positive can be uplifting and, and I think you know, you listen to also what will become apparent as well is you listen to the lyrics in a very different way when you know that this is the kind of conversation and topic we're talking about. And that is very, very true of this next piece of music. This uh, I want to talk about Queen and the song, The Show Must Go On. This is from their album, Innuendo, which was released in 1991. This was written allegedly by guitarist Brian May. And he wrote this while sadly, tragically, Freddie Mercury was dying of AIDS. It was Freddie Mercury's last official album with Queen. And when it was released, actually, very few people knew that he had the disease. So unlike Sylvester, who was quite open about his struggle, quite open about his diagnosis of having AIDS and the, um, you know, the sort of demise of his health, etc. Freddie Mercury was having this battle in private. And the way that Queen supported him was to write this music in order for him to be able to show himself through the song. So if you listen to some of the lyrics as well, of course, you know, the show must go on. They're just, they're about this need to move forward in life, to make the most out of life while you can still enjoy it. And of course, it's so clear when I tell you this story that it's a comment on Freddie Mercury um, and his attitude towards life. Brian May actually said in, uh, it was from the Days of Our Lives documentary, he said he never moaned. He never said, my life is shit. This is terrible. I hate it. And he said that he had this incredible strength and peace. And I just think that is incredible to hear about someone who not only was an incredible performer, but just struggling with so much behind the scenes. And I think we've all learned, you know, we're much more open with our struggles and with mental health. But I think it's important to remember the stigma that was attached to AIDS back then and how incredible it is that we have people who are talking about this openly now and how incredible those people are and I think also this song is just it's such a showstopper um it really is amazing so let's have a listen to the show must go on It's so amazing when you listen to these pieces knowing more about the history of the song. I'm not going to get emotional.
0: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff. Shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. If you like this podcast, then why not check out one of our other amazing Create podcasts. If you just want a good laugh, then check out The Weekly Roast. Listen, listen, bitch. Oh, make an entrance. I'm a week off sugar. I will will fly (laughs) to the UK and I will cut you both
1: (laughs) the more cultured ones among you join laura wright for music in my life <laughs> yeah let's <laughs> go i'm so glad no one can see me right now because i'm doing i was doing some weird dance moves <laughs> yeah, nothing, no, no. prefer a deep chat connie's got you covered on how are
0: you the well-being podcast
1: so i just became a lot more productive and happier mm. and for me like that's just worth it
0: the weekly roast music in my life and how are you just three more podcasts to feast your ears on find them wherever you found this podcast
1: the next piece of music we're going to talk about is freedom 90 by george michael this is released in 1990 from his album listen without prejudice volume one i want to read you some of the lyrics which i'm not going to say are Allegedly, this song is about something else, but I still think it's interesting to read the lyrics um, in line with what we know about George Michael and his personality and and his open struggles as well. Um, I won't let you down. I will not give you up. I've got to have some faith in the sound. It's the one good thing that I've got. I won't let you down. So please don't give me up because I would really, really love to stick around. Heaven knows I was just a young boy, didn't know what I wanted to be. I was every little hungry schoolgirl's pride and joy, and I guess it was enough for me. So allegedly what he is talking about there is the kind of package that he became as part of WHAM um, with regards to the music industry and also record labels, uh, recording companies in particular, and how often these artists can be sort of packaged up in a way that perhaps isn't their true personality and a reflection of their true selves. And he really wanted to make this song and this album something that stood out for him as an individual to create his own path and to have more control over his own career. And, you know, I think also we know that so many people in the LGBTQ community will perhaps empathize with those feelings. In fact, know they're maybe not directly associated with that struggle, but that feeling of being ostracized, of being isolated, and how detrimental that can be on your own mental health and and your true character as well, and your friendships and your work and every aspect of your life. So I think this song was important for me to sort of talk about with that in mind. And it is also another banger. So (laughs) let's have a listen to freedom, George Michael. good okay next up we've got the formidable Kylie Minogue I don't want to necessarily talk about her career or her music in a technical sense I think for me what was interesting was a story about her and her experience of how she sort of became this gay icon so you know we're talking about artists today that have not been part of not just been part of a movement themselves or been directly affected by um, their sexuality but also people who have become icons and supported the entire LGBTQ community as well and push that push that sense of what is needed and that that needed equality as I mentioned at the start push that forward this is a story that Kylie Minogue kind of reminisces about when she realized that she was an absolute mega gay icon so she says I was in Sydney and there was a famous bar on Oxford Street called the Albury or Albury and at the time it was like the gay bar in the scene like the gay bar in Sydney and she was in the car with her manager like with her team and someone said there's there's a Kylie night at the Albury tonight. And she basically was like, what? I've never heard of a Kylie night. But she really wanted to go along. And at the time, uh, I think she'd done an advert for Coca-Cola. And someone apparently was dressed up as like a big Coca-Cola can. and, And there were just people who were massively you know fangirling over her and and just how incredible her music was and you can hear that disco element within her early music so we're talking about you know spinning around 2000s around this time as well when she really was just becoming a mega star and then I think also what's interesting as well and what sort of launched her into that mega kind of icon status is the fact that she has overcome that adversity she's had to deal with she had to deal with a lot in terms of her quite open battle with cancer when she announced that in 2005 and that was highly publicized and so I think also knowing that she has overcome that adversity herself has made her even more sort of welcomed within that community and and lifted up so that's why I wanted to include her today um so let's have a listen to some of her songs spinning around So good it, it reminds me as well of when I used to go out in London quite a lot and um one of my best friends is gay and we would go to wherever she wanted to hang out and, and wherever we would just have the most fun and it was you know it was those gay bars that were so welcoming, so much fun, the music was great, the people were great and you just always had such an amazing time and it does. It makes you smile. All of this music that we're playing today has that element where it's just got this I don't give a fuck you know I don't care like this is me this is who I am and you this is it it's you know take me at face value um anyway that's I don't know if that's relevant or not moving on we're going to talk about Madonna we have to talk about Madonna and of course we have to talk about Vogue Vogue 1990 that's the year I was born yes I'm a 90s baby I missed out on the 80s um But interesting facts about this song. So she made this track with a budget of $5,000. That's it. Not a lot of money. Um, She also recorded her vocals in this basement studio. This was actually originally going to be a B-side track, can you believe? It wasn't even going to be pushed out as an A-side single she was massively inspired by uh, choreographers and dancers from the Harlem house ball community so the origin of this dance form and this voguing which is what it was called at the time was something that happened there uh, one of the places was a sound factory club in new york city and so that's what she was inspired by and if you watch the video she's got the most incredible dancers these guys in the background who are amazing such beautiful dancing and it obviously was sort of this you know, this is the time where really it was the peak of the AIDS epidemic as well. So there was um, a lot of focus on, on this scene, if you like, and and the effects of what was happening from the AIDS epidemic. So this kind of music as well, really, as I say, it was again, this uplifting way of bringing people together, maybe also trying to dispel the stigma that was attached to, um, to AIDS itself. And, and also just a sort of celebration of that, that sort of late 80s club scene, Harlem drag balls, all of that kind of stuff, the glamour, the just the feeling of fun and yeah, fun and being fabulous. So I, this is one of my favorite songs. I haven't heard it in ages and I want you guys to hear a little bit of it now. So this is Madonna Vogue. you don't want it to stop you could hear there as well you know it doesn't matter if you're black or white it doesn't matter if you're a girl or a boy the music will move you and that's just a perfect example of what that song is all about okay moving forward into 2011 someone who there was a little bit of a tete-a-tete, I think you call it in French. Um, Yeah, a little bit of similarities have been noticed between one of Madonna's songs and this song that I'm going to play you next. Um, This is Lady Gaga. We can't not include her as well in this uh, episode. This is Born This Way, I want to talk about. And read you some of the lyrics as well. Oh, there ain't no other way, baby, I was born this way. There ain't no other way, baby, I was born. I'm on the right track. Don't be a drag, just be a queen don't be a drag just be a queen. You know there are lyrics in this as well that just are so so supportive of I think the community that Lady Gaga's built and also so many people that look up to her as a personality as a pioneer within music and just within her field and so very inspirational I think for so many people to listen to who are perhaps having doubts and and struggling. Um, As I say, it did provoke that feud between Lady Gaga and Madonna because there were similarities noted between uh, Born This Way and her single Express Yourself from 1989. I haven't listened to them next to each other, but maybe you guys will have a listen and tell me what you think. She is one of the most powerful LGBTQ allies in the world. And I have to say, I hope she continues to be so because... I think she's an incredible, incredible person, artist, human. So let's have a listen. This is Lady Gaga born this way.
0: Don't be a drag, just be a queen. Whether you're broke or evergreen, your black, white face, show legends, your Lebanese, your Orient. Whether life's disabilities left you outcast, for leader teased. Rejoice and love yourself today, because baby, you were born this no way. No medication, a being transgender, life I'm on the right.
1: So good. I'm going to move on to something classical to finish with. I think it's important to mention this because although perhaps, you know, the best music is disco, pop, that culture of, um, as I've mentioned, those genres already, but I think it's also interesting to... Show that there is uh, there are changes happening in other genres. Um, so we're coming right into you know the last few years now. Something that was premiered in 2019, and this is an American opera, and it's called Stonewall. Uh, so I thought it'd be nice to finish with some of this today. After all, we've started with Stonewall. Let's finish with Stonewall. Um, it was commissioned by the New York City Opera, and it features music by Ian Bell, and the libretto, which is the the story, um, is by Mark Campbell, who's a Pulitzer Prize winning uh, writer. And it's directed by Leonard Foglia Folia, I'm not sure, apologies on the pronunciation. Um, but it was a pride initiative of the New York City Opera and it was a production that just focused on, of course, commemoration of Gay Pride Month, which is this month. Um, but also, it was to honour the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall riots and the 75th anniversary of the New York City Opera. And actually, Stonewall is the first opera to feature a transgender character written for an openly transgender singer. And that was played by mezzo-soprano Liz Book. Mezzo-soprano is uh, it's actually the same voice type that I am. It's not super super high but it's got a very rich um depth and quality to the tone of the voice and sings slightly lower and as I say premiered in 2019 so let's have a listen to that to finish today's episode here it comes <laughs> and trying to see a little bit more of that as well. You can watch some of it on YouTube. Um, just It's just interesting to see what's happening in the world in response to what is going on and, and what has been going on for some time as well. And I think it's great to see that narrative being shown in, in lots of different places within music. So yeah, that's been our celebration of Pride Month and a little bit of history along the way um, of what's changed, what needs to change. And uh, yeah, the history of the Stonewall Riots um i hope you have a very happy and safe pride month i hope you get involved if it's something that you don't know about or you want to know more and i hope if you're celebrating as well the freedom of sexuality whoever you are wherever you are you have a great time and although we may not be able to be gathered in our hundreds and thousands i'm sure we'll find our own way of doing it so thanks for listening to music in my life with me and i'll see you next time bye I really hope you've enjoyed today's podcast and I'd love to hear about your favourite piece of music so make sure you pop a comment on Apple reviews with your song choice and the story behind it. I'm going to be reading out some of your stories in an upcoming minisode. Also we've now put our guest song choices in the show notes so if you want to hear any of their songs again you can find them there. Thanks so much guys and see you next time.